he said, which is point 203 here. And the early scholars from the Salaf, from the early predecessors, and the Tabi'een, the successors who came after them, the people upon good and the narrations and the people of fiqh and discernment are not to be mentioned except with fine words and whoever speaks ill of them then he is not upon the correct path just repeat that and the early scholars from the salaf the early predecessors and the tabi'een the successors who came after them the people upon good and the narrations and the people of fiqh and discernment are not to be mentioned except with fine words and whoever speaks ill of them then he is not upon the correct path he is on something other than the correct path Shaykh Fawzan said, Hafidhullah, when he, you know, the author at Tahawi, he said, when he, Rahimahullah, finished dealing with the rights of the companions and the Ahlul Bayt and the family of the Prophet, وسلم, and what is due to them from love and alliance and not belittling them not belittling any one of them. He then moved on to those who followed them in excellence. And they are the ulama, they are the scholars, the people of knowledge. So the ulama, the scholars of this ummah, have a position and have excellence after the companions. I mean their status and their position is in a state and position after that of the companions. He said, because they are Warathatul Ambiya, they, the scholars, are the inheritors of the Prophets. As he alayhi salatu wasalam said, Al Ulama'u Warathatul Ambiya. The Prophet ﷺ said, The scholars are the inheritors of the Prophets. A hadith reported by, a hadith mentioned by Al Bukhari in his Sahih, in a chapter heading in the Book of Knowledge. In the chapter, knowledge comes before saying and action. So Al Bukhari mentions this there without connecting the chain of narration. And it's reported with a fully connected chain of narration by Abu Dawood and Ibn Majah and at Tirmidhi and it's from a hadith of Abu Abu Darda Abu Darda radiallahu anhu
and declared Sahih, authentic by Shaykh al-Albani. Rahimahullah. Shaykh al-Fawzan said, so commenting upon the hadith, the scholars are the inheritors of the prophets. Shaykh al-Fawzan said, and what is meant by them is the scholars of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. The people of knowledge and discernment and fiqh and the, the Ahlul Athar, the people of the narrations, and they are Ahlul Hadith, and they are the people of Hadith. Then Shaykh Al-Fawzan said, and the ulama, the scholars, are of two categories. The first category are the ulama al-athar, the scholars of the narrations. And they are the narrators and scholars of hadith. Those who gave great care and attention to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they preserved it. And they defended it. And they put it, I mean they put the sunnah, before the ummah, pure and clear. Just as it was spoken by Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they distanced from it every foreign thing which had been entered into it and every lie. So they put the fabricated ahadith, those hadith which are mawdu, fabrications, they put the fabricated ahadith to one side and they quarantined them. So these these scholars are called ulama or riwayah the scholars of narration. So that's the first category that Shaykh Al-Fawzan mentions for the scholars. The scholars of narration. Scholars of hadith, scholars of narration. Then he mentioned the second category. He said, وَهُمُ الْفُقَهَا And they are the, the scholars of fiqh, the jurists. And they are the ones who extracted the rulings from these evidences and they clarified their fiqh when they clarified the knowledge contained in these evidences and they explained them and clarified them to the people so they are called ulama ud-diraya the scholars of understanding of the texts Of course, to be in that category, then they'll have to have some degree of knowledge of, to, to, to be of some degree within the first category. They have to be scholars of hadith to have any understanding of fiqh. Then Shaykh Fawzan said, and from them, I mean from the scholars, from them are those who combined the two sciences, I mean these two categories. Some scholars, they combine both of these categories, the riwayah and the diraya the narration of hadith and the understanding of hadith. 
He said, so from them, there are those who combine these two sciences. And they are called Fuqaha'ul Muhaddithin. The jurists from the scholars of hadith. Such as Imam Ahmad, and Malik, and Ash-Shafi'i, and Al-Bukhari. Sheikh Al-Fawzan gives him give some examples, some famous examples and great examples from scholars who combine both of these categories of knowledge. So they gathered both. And of course these are just examples. There are many other scholars as well, but these are famous examples at the forefront of such scholars. Imam Ahmad and Imam Malik and Imam Shafi'i and Imam al-Bukhari. Then he said... And all of those scholars have fadl, have virtue. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, نَدَّرَ اللَّهُمْ رَأَنْ سَمِعَ مَقَالَتِي فَوَعَاهَا فَأَدَّاهَا كَمَا سَمِعَهَا That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, May Allah give brightness to a person who hears my saying, preserves it and conveys it just as he heard it. In a footnote they mention that this hadith is reported by Ibn Majah. And as a, as a side point, some of the scholars such as As-Suyuti and others, they mention that this hadith is a hadith which is mutawatir, reported by a very large number of companions and then by a huge number of narrators at every stage thereafter. As I say, As-Suyuti and others as well say this hadith is a hadith which is mutawatir. And you'll find it reported by At-Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah from a hadith of Zayd ibn Thabit, radiallahu an, declared Sahih by Shaykh al-Albani. Also reported by At-Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah as a hadith of Ibn Mas'ud, radiallahu an, again declared Sahih by Shaykh al-Albani. Also reported by Ibn Majah from a hadith of Jubair ibn Mut'im, radiallahu an, declared Sahih by Shaykh al-Albani also, and by others, reported by many others as well. Then Shaykh al-Fawzan comments upon this hadith and said, So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made dua for them and praised them. I mean, the narrates of hadith, the scholars of hadith, he made, in this hadith here, he made dua for them and praised them. I mean, نَضَّرَ اللَّهُ مْرَأً سَمِعَ مَقَالَتِي فَوَعَاهَا فَأَدَّاهَا كَمَا سَمِعَهَا May Allah give brightness to the face of a person who hears my saying, preserves it, and conveys it to others, just as he heard it. Then Shaykh Fawzan of course, the scholars of hadith, they mention this hadith amongst the virtues of the people of hadith. They mention this hadith amongst the, when they mention the virtues of the people of hadith, they mention this hadith amongst them. Amongst them. Then Shaykh Fawzan said, So the ulama, the scholars, established that which Allah made obligatory upon them with regard to guarding the religion and the aqidah, the creed and belief. So they made clear the ahkam, they made clear the rulings and the laws of inheritance 
and the halal and the haram, those things which are lawful and those things which are prohibited. And they made clear also the fiqh, the knowledge and understanding of the book and the sunnah. So they, the scholars, they laid down a tremendous treasure for this ummah from which benefit is taken and upon which analogy can be made for problems which arise newly. The scholars, with the work that they've done, they've laid down a great treasure for this ummah from which benefit is taken and when new matters arise as well, then they can be Analogy can be made with that great treasure left behind by the scholars. Then Shaykh Al-Fawza makes a point with regard to Al-Fiqh. Knowledge and understanding. Al-Fiqh, he said, Al-Fiqh, knowledge and understanding, is of two categories. The first category is Al-Fiqh Al-Akbar, the greater Fiqh, which is the Fiqh of Aqeedah, which is the knowledge of aqeedah, creed and belief. That's the greater fiqh. And the second category is fiqhun amali, fiqh relating to practical actions. Obviously that is what is commonly understood to be fiqh. If you, if, if you hear the word fiqh, if someone uses the word fiqh, then usually what's understood is the second category here. Meaning the fiqh relating to rulings of the deen. Rulings upon which actions are based. Sheikh al-Fawza makes the important point here. There's actually two branches of fiqh. The first of them being the fiqh, the, the greater fiqh, which is knowledge and understanding of, of the aqidah, the creed and belief. And the second category, the fiqh relating to actions. He said, and this is not less important than the, made, than the greater fiqh, And this, the second one, is the fiqh concerning rulings and actions. Then he said, and with regard to the virtue of the scholars that occurs in the hadith from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, fadlul alimi ala al-abid that the Prophet said, the excellence of the scholar over the worshipper is like the excellence of the moon over the rest of the stars. In a footnote they mention, this hadith is reported by Tirmidhi. It's hadith 2682 unauthenticated by Shaykh al-Albani. Then he said, Shaykh al-Fawzan said, and that is because, explaining why the scholar has such great virtue, even over a worshipper, he said, and that is because their benefit passes on to others. I mean, the virtue of the scholar, it passes on to other people. He teaches other people and he benefits other people. Then he said, and in a narration, it is mentioned in another narration, of the, a similar narration to this, Fadlul alimi ala al-abidi ka fadli ala adnakum. 
ala adnakum. <clears throat> that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the excellence of the scholar over the worshipper is like my excellence over the lowest of you. In a footnote they mention, reported by At-Tirmidhi. And it's from a hadith of Abu Umama al-Bahili radiallahu anhu. Again, authenticated by Shaykh al-Albani. Shaykh al-Fawzan said, So the ulama, the scholars, have respect and status. So therefore it is not permissible to attack them, nor to belittle them, even if some of them make a mistake in ijtihad. Even if some of the scholars make a mistake in striving to bring out a ruling in ijtihad, by ijtihad. So this does not necessitate belittling them. Because they may make mistakes. Yet they were seeking the truth. And the Prophet said, that the Prophet said, If the judge strives to reach what is correct, and he attains what is correct, then there are two rewards for him. And if he strives and makes a mistake, then there is a single there is a single reward for him. In a footnote, they mention reported by Al Bukhari as Hadith seven thousand three hundred fifty-two, and by Muslim. And this this is from a Hadith of Amr ibn Al As radiAllahu an. Sheikh Al Fawzan said, "This is with regard to the ulama, the scholars." And not those who are muta'alimeen, those who make a false show of being scholars. I mean, this principle, if a, if a scholar strives to attain what is right, he makes a due effort, then he attains what is right, he gets two rewards. If he strives and makes a mistake, then he gets one reward of striving for the truth. Sheikh Al-Fawzan said, this principle, meaning this applies to the ulama, the scholars, not those who are, are not true scholars those who make a false show of being scholars. Because they have no right to enter into that which they do not have the ability for. Alhamdulillah